Hey all you fitness junkies, this is George with American Medical Wellness. Have you ever thought about being a better you, actually getting in better shape, optimizing your performance in the gym, losing body fat, gaining muscle? We at American Medical Wellness are experts in helping you with all these things. So please give us a call, 702-347-7000, or visit our website at AmericanMedicalWellness.com. Hi, fitness junkies. I'm Dr. Leslie. MD Spa by Trim Care can take care of all of your facial aesthetic and body contouring needs. Book an appointment with me today at 702-718-7888. Back to you, Gio. I keep saying I'll start on Monday, and Monday never comes. I go on a holiday soon, and I really want a bigger bum and a smaller waist. Can you help? Look, if you want to come, Jim, come. Make sure you put the work in. Someone to get Someone to get slim, someone to start competing But none of them just can't stop cheating When their belly is full, they're still eating Me, I practice what I'm teaching They don't live what they're preaching What's up, Fit Fam? This is Giovanni of Geo's Logic, your host of Fitness Junkies I hope this show meets you in good health and spirits And if not, I hope it inspires you to do something about it Well, I think we have a record here, people um, We shot the assets for this show probably I want to say in January. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> and now we're here in almost June and we're finally sitting down to chat and I'm here with Lauren. How are you, Lauren? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm good. Good, good. Um, a lot has happened in the five, six months that when we shot at Kilo Club, yeah. which we'll show later. Um you're involved with the studio and Super involved now. you have a podcast have here a podcast. and you're, uh, well, we'll get into what you're doing now. Um, but everyone that sits in that chair has a fitness journey Yep. and you, I just learned you had an amazing road to where you are today. And, um, I was just to totally blown away about some of the hiccups and bumps and path that you went on to get here. So go all the way back and tell us a story, mommy. You want to know the whole story? I want to know your journey. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I have quite a few different chapters. Are you, do you want me to talk about like a little bit with the religious stuff too? Or do you want me to just talk about my fitness stuff? Well, see, I feel that, um, we humans. Yeah have a story that's not necessarily all about fitness. Yeah. And so I, I like to talk about things that aren't necessarily expected from okay. fitness people. I got, so a couple, yes. I got a couple things I can say. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> so what first like comes into my head right away was when I was younger and I really didn't appreciate my body at all. You know, when we're teens and even sometimes adolescents, we really just haven't, we don't like our bodies. We have insecurities. Maybe we never found fitness. We didn't find a way to like, you know, acclimate our body to what we want to look like. And I remember growing up as a teen and I, ha I, I naturally had biceps and deltoids, like somewhat defined for a female. And, um, I would have people asking me in class, they were like, Oh, do you lift weights? Like, you know, you look, you look so manly. Like, how did you get those manly muscles? And mm -hmm. I remember <laughs> as a, you know, developing female, that wasn't the first thing I wanted to hear. to hear at all. <laughs> and I just remember thinking like that was one big insecurity of mine that I, that I did have since now very much 
like fell in love with and very much like become proud of. But back then it was that. And I didn't like, I didn't feel feminine. I didn't have big hips. I didn't have big boobs. So I was just like, oh my God, like to me, muscles were ma only masculine and they were not to be admired as a female. So that's kind of a, just to give you guys a history. I didn't just go, hit the ground running with, with weights that, right. that came later on. And, and the, the security that I built, the security in myself that I built from training it completely transformed my mentality of loving my body and finding a way to find fitness and strength as a, as healthy and as accomplishment and something that you can be very much admired. So I, with my own personal journey, I would say, okay, that was a little snapshot. And then, you know, fast forward, I, I graduated college. I became a nurse. I was working in, as a nurse in the ICU and this and that. And I remember I needed another goal, right? I was married. I had my job. So like, what's the next thing in life? Okay. I thought get in the best shape of your life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I remember at the time, this is back in like 2013 when Instagram just kind of started popping off. People were like liking trends and pictures and, and fitness was a big trend on Instagram to, to get attain a fitness body was very big. And I noticed this and I was like, wait, I've never seen women like this walking around. Like I've never seen a girl with six pack abs, just like hanging out at the grocery store. <laughs> right. Like it wasn't a thing. And so when I saw it on Instagram, I was like, wait a minute, this can be achieved. Cause this particular person, she posted it. She posted her before and after it was like a 12 or 15 week, week transformation. And I'm like, you're telling me I can go from my skinny fat body to ripped abs in 15 weeks. Like <laughs> it's insane. Like wow. I thought that was, I always thought before Instagram, I always thought that bodybuilders and people with ripped abs were just either born that way or they be, were in the gym for like five hours a day. Like I didn't know it had anything to do with diet. I had no idea it had to do with discipline that, or that it can be achieved in a somewhat short time span. Like three months is not that that's like short for a lot of us, right? you, you know? So, you know, your body, you've been building this over years. I've been building this over years. So when you have your average person, look at, look at a transformation. They don't want to think that that takes years. Right. That's very scary right. and very discouraging. Right. And so for me, yes, I was like skinny fat. And maybe some people would say you have a nice body because I had like a flat stomach. I didn't have much of a butt. And so, like I said, I still wasn't super confident with my body at the time. I wanted to build a booty and build legs and like, kind of like get curvy muscles. And I saw these women exhibiting a feminine, sexy body with muscles. Right. And it now became a trend for feminine to still look masculine. Like, you know what I mean? It didn't cancel. You didn't cancel for being a woman and feminine sexiness just because you have muscles. So I was like, what? There's a trend where having arm muscles is good. Like having deltoids is good. Cause I grew up with that being like a no, no right. for women. And so, so were you like really like self-aware of that? Like this was something that you were like, yeah. Oh, wow. Like I, I was aware that, that all of us have different body styles, right? right. Some of it you could, I now was self-aware that you can change a certain degree of what you look like through fitness and through working out and lifting weights and eating that all of that can be modified to a degree. So if you want a bigger booty, you can grow that no matter how skinny you are, no matter what God blessed you with or didn't bless you with. <laughs> right. And so that felt so empowering because you would see girls with nice booties or nice like hips or whatever. And you're like, okay, she's, she's super feminine looking. She's just blessed that the end, like she's going to get the guys. She's going to be attractive. She's going to wear her, the clothes fit her nicely. And I remember thinking that going and I like, Oh, wait a minute. These girls I looked up to at the time, she's one of my best friends, Paige Hathaway. She was one of the first women to make feminine on Instagram, make femininity masculine, but also right. sexy and had right. that like really 
modern way of doing it and she just kept pushing you know muscles don't have to just be for men they could be for women too right and you can be strong and sexy and in fact you can build like obliques and you can build like some of what you build with your legs can kind of look like curvy hips because you're you know you're building the glutes you're building the side of it you're, right. <laughs> it's crazy so i just felt super empowered because i was like dang there's the aesthetic aspect of fitness and then there's also the empowering like how you feel like mm. you feel the endorphins when you're working out right you feel like stronger because you're getting stronger and you can lift heavier and you could do these different like you almost feel like athletic or competitive and then you have like the sense of accomplishment that you get from sticking to something and not giving up and whether it's you're going towards a competition or maybe you're going like maybe you're trying to be a fitness model and you want companies to start looking at you and maybe you want to get like more followers and you know, grow on Instagram. So all of those aspects were happening for me at the same time. So I was getting confidence in my body. I was getting a sense of accomplishment. I was getting these endorphins. I was, you know, I also have ADHD. So for me, like I have to move my body like a certain amount of time throughout the day. Otherwise I get super moody. Okay. <laughs> and so it was like, I was hitting all these check boxes with fitness, Right. you know, I think also with fitness, and this is what I've noticed. I'm sure you have too, with a lot of people is that, um, fitness is a form of therapy like mental, emotional, it's yes. also physical therapy, but it's mental and emotional. Yes. And it really, when I found that for myself, I was like, this is it. I'm thriving. Like right. I, I knew even after I started doing all my fitness shows, cause that became a bug and addiction for me to get first place and to get my pro card and to step on the pro stage and then like get fourth place in pro stage. And that was an addiction. But then I was like, no, this is going to be the rest of my life. I, when I recognize it's therapy, like I, you know, if I'm feeling low mood, I work out and I feel better. If I'm feeling depressed, I work out and I feel better. If I'm feeling anxious, I work out and I feel better. You know, all these emotions and things we go through struggling with like mental health, mm -hmm. it is such an outlet. Like yeah. it genuinely moves that negative energy out of your body, you know? So do you, would you, where would you put it in a scheme of things to who you are today what how much was fitness a part of that and is it instilling you that's a good question yeah i don't think i knew fully who lauren was without fitness like wow. i i i found it i started with the aesthetics that was the drive right that was right. the inspo right and you know kind of like this female empowerment thing that was part of it but then it was like dude i have so much control over how i look and feel compared to what i thought i mm. thought before either you were just blessed with good looks or you weren't Right. Or, you know, you're blessed with muscles you weren't or like you get plastic surgery or you'll look like shit. Like that's that's like a mentality I had. And then right. when I found out with like lifting weights, you can really transform and even eating healthy, you know, you can dial it down, look a little leaner again. And then when I also found out it was helping a lot of other people. So when I fell in love with it, I, I did a little side hustle. I started training some of my coworkers and I started training some of my followers and it became a thing where I was helping other people get their confidence back because right. a lot of part of this, like people think, oh yeah, everyone wants to look good. That's not what keeps people working out. Wanting to look good is not what keeps you going. It might be what gets you started. Right. It's not what keeps you going. Right. And I learned this through my clients because who the heck doesn't want to look better, leaner, stronger, something fitter. And, um, but all of them, a lot of them give up and they give up because they're not falling in love with parts of the process, mm. right? You have to fall in love with parts of it. So you have to fall in love with the fact that you're disciplined. You have to fall in love with the fact that you, you are ultimately responsible for how you look. It might sound really shitty, but wow. you are responsible for how you look. Yes. And it, some people might have to work harder or different or scheduling. Some people might lift more weights. Some people might do more cardio, but at the end of the day, 
you cannot say the way if someone's actually putting in the work you can't say that's just genetics that person's right. putting the work in now they might have been born with some good genetics but right. they're also putting in the work right and there's people that have been born with terrible <laughs> genetics and their terrible family habits eating all the time eating the wrong things exposed to the wrongs addicted to the wrong things eating disorders and they find a way to overcome their obstacles right you know so yes there are people that have more obstacles than others genetics eating disorders addictions therapy trauma significant others significant others yeah that's a good one i didn't even think about that one that's yeah, a great one it's the biggest one and when most of my clients there's usually this kind of one person's trying to do something else and other person's on another path yes and that i mean that says a lot about that relationship that's so strong that you mentioned that one but actually. when you talk about fitness and people trying to change their bodies and their lifestyles and their behaviors a lot of times it's not even they're not on board they yeah. can't that's i will say something in relationships that's such a good point you brought up because me and my husband we've been on different paths a lot and you want to you want to feel like you can motivate the other person you want to feel like you can bring the other person along and challenge them but also in a way that doesn't like piss them off or right. make, condescend them right. but you know if you if, if both people are approaching it from the right perspective, like a gentle, compassionate, like I'm just trying to challenge you, I'm just trying to help you, I'm, we're trying to bring each other along, it can be super powerful. And I've seen couples really, you know, even on my challenges, I have, I have couples that do it together and they do amazing. Or one person starts and then the other person joins the next challenge and now they're right. doing it together. Right. It could be an amazing bonding experience and super huge boost in confidence, your sex drive, your like sexual tension, energy. Right. It's amazing. Right. But when one, like you said, when one person's off, it can feel like this huge pull of like, okay, I'm driven and you're not, or maybe one person's holding you back. Like it can feel pretty. Well, I think a lot upsetting. of it is fear. Yeah, for sure. You know, especially I train a lot of women, and so they're trying to get back their spark, their their look, the thing that made them feel sexy. Yeah, and. The husband really doesn't want them to be oh, there wow. because that's then he's like triggering a, him right. to feel insecure. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're so screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't you want your woman to look yeah. great? Well, yeah, I do, but not too good because then she'll leave me. Right. Or then I have to start working out and maintain the same level of. Right. Yeah. We're just it's just stacked, yeah. I've seen that I will people can I've I've seen both of those sides of the coin but I've even seen like guys like say hey Lauren I wanted to get my wife like if like say the husband's working out and that wife is not I wanted right. to get my w wife this workout program what do you think almost all of them when they give they purchase a program for their wife none of the wives are saying no I've never gotten any feedback that like oh, she hated this gift or he's saying I'm fat or I'm right. not in shape right most of the time, what I see is if the person who's already training or already being disciplined invites the other person along, they will join most yeah. of the time. As long as it's done in like a, it's like a, like a gift or this is me helping you, but I'm already working on it. Right. Now, if someone tries to buy their spouse a gift and they're not working on their fitness and they're not working on their health and diet, right. that's going to come across super condescending and <laughs> insulting. So don't do that. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy. There's so much with relationships and this um thing that we do with trying to kind of carve out a fitness lifestyle mm -hmm. um it's it's and there's so much like value to it i was just talking to another guest 
and she talked about how you know it's it's her mental wellness Mm -hmm. as well yeah so you're not only maybe depriving her because you're afraid that she's gonna look hot but like that's her that's her savior like feeling good you talked about it just a second ago yeah that's a great point yeah i I found my self-esteem. I literally found, I had none. Like, I'm just only going to briefly touch on it, but I, I was raised in a religious cult. I got kicked out of one when I was 21, lost my whole family. It destroyed my self-confidence and my self-love. I thought I was a discarded, abandoned human, and I carried that internally. I don't even think I knew it on the surface. Like, if you ask me, oh, are you? do you feel like shit? I would be like, no, I feel fine. Right. But internally, like, my internal critic, like, the things, the thoughts I tell myself, like, you're not good enough. People aren't going to like you. You're very, people can discard you. Like you're, that's what I'm saying. Mental, we talked about mental health. One thing I notice about like with fitness, not only does it give people the confidence and you slowly start to develop a new men, new, your internal critic starts to change. You start to tell yourself, I can change my body. I can become fit. I can become strong. I already did become strong. I already did become fit. I already. And so when you start telling yourself these new narratives, that's what can build you a whole mental thing. Instead of needing everyone else to tell you how good you are, you can get it yourself. You know, right. you, don't, you don't necessarily even need your right. spouse to tell you because you're like, well, I just did it. I did this challenge or I did this program. I don't even need you to tell me I'm amazing because right. I, I gave myself that own validation. Yeah. And so it's definitely huge. And if you're not getting that in your relationship, obviously someone that's in your, you should be getting validation, right? You should be, whether it's verbal physical otherwise you know you should get that and if you're not you might actually really find out when through your fitness journey like oh i'm giving myself self-love and someone else is not <laughs> you might <laughs> you know what i'm saying it actually <laughs> might show you like what you deserve right. what you can give yourself and what you're maybe not getting but yeah it's it is definitely for my mental health my emotional health i i genuinely feel better when i move my body it doesn't have to be lifting weights every day it doesn't have to be running it could literally just be anything like i could play pickleball that day and feel better i could play volleyball i can go for a swim like me i I think this can work for a lot of people but especially for me with the adhd you have a high when someone has a hyperactivity sitting still too long actually makes them restless and agitated so like even in school, I noticed that, you know, you have to sit for like, what is it? Eight hours. Right. I would just be like, Oh my God, get me out of here. Right. And I didn't even know what to do with that pent up energy. So the issue when you, when you have, when you sit, sit still all day long, like you clock into a job where you're at a 95 and you're at a cubicle, you might not even know that your body needed to move because you're so used to not moving right. that you start to become irritable as a person. And now you're like carrying irritability around you. You're like right. complaining. I think a lot more people, can benefit from moving their body than they even know because they actually didn't start, they didn't start a program. They didn't start lifting weights. They didn't even see what they could accomplish or how good they could feel because they didn't start it. So I I think people should all try a challenge at least once in your life, freaking at least once try a challenge, a fitness challenge of some kind, anyone, anyone at all, you know, and, and for me, I like to, I like to do different ones all the time. You're doing one right now, right? Yeah, I actually am doing (laughs) it. What are you doing? So I'm doing the 75 hard which I've, I've been able to start a couple times. And, um, I think the CEO of, uh, first form, Andy Priscilla kind of developed it, but it's, it's basically where for 75 days straight, you cannot take a break. You're doing two 45 minute workouts a day, one indoor, one outdoor. You're doing a gallon of water. You're reading like 10 pages of a book. You're doing a cold shower. Um, there's, there's take a picture. 
It's like that many things. And if you mess up one or missed one, you have to start back over. Right. For any reason. For any reason. You didn't take a picture. Start back over. (laughs) Didn't drink all your water. Start back over. Oh, the other thing is don't drink alcohol for 75 days. Mm. And that's big. I actually went four full weeks without drinking. I did. I took a whole like little sober break detox. Sober October. Sober October, except I did it. it When did I do it? Like (laughs) February or something. But yeah, I felt amazing. I Mm. felt better then than I'd ever felt in my life. Like even when I was younger, I had insane energy. I had insane, like my, I felt a little more spiritual. Like I felt like I had better intuition on things. I could listen to my gut more. I, my energy was through the roof. My mood was, mood was through the roof. My appetite was better. And I had no bloat. Like as I get older, cause I'm 37, I, my body was sick tight when I was in my twenties and even early thirties. But now like any little thing will like throw it off a little bit. Like I ate some sauce or right. I had a sip of alcohol and all of a sudden I'm bloated for like that night or the <laughs> right. next day. And I'm like, right. for real? Right. <laughs> so I don't know if it's like, it's gotta be like a hormone thing or something. But anyways, when I stopped drinking, shred it like literally lean no bloat no energy issues no sleep issues like i felt super strong like a superpower so i'm thinking you know what i'd like to do that again and so for 75 days it'll put me like the end of the summer i'm also holding myself accountable by putting it out there because sometimes when you put it out in the universe you kind of got to stick to it it's very important yes to do that that's awesome (laughs) so i'm i'm like exposing myself right now if i don't finish but what what day are you on I'm literally starting back over at day one today. Oh, today? Yeah, day I got one. my water right here. <laughs> there it is. I awesome. gotta drink this whole gallon. But look, I'm not doing too bad. So I wonder, is there like a negotiation? Like when you're in like in the first, let's say, teens. You're... I can tell you already a couple of the reasons I've already failed. And I'm documenting them. And I'm this is what you have to do when you're in a challenge. Yes. This is what I'll tell you because I, I run challenges, but I've been in other challenges. You need to document why you failed. You need to literally look at it and write it down and then hold yourself accountable and then don't shame yourself for it. Mm. Come like literally you can grieve it if you want. If you need to cry or scream or throw something, look at it, figure out what it was and then let it go. Do not hold on to it. Don't guilt yourself. You know, just literally like, okay, that's where I messed up. And you can slowly over time start to notice these things and not judge yourself for it. Right. Just like it's, this is the pattern. This is where I fall. This is where I default. Right. Right. So for me, this is what I noticed. I was perfectly fine not drinking alcohol by myself at my house because I don't have it in the house. And then I would go places and I would even, I would be social and go with my friends places, but not drink. And what I noticed was when I'm, when I'm invited to someone else's house and they're giving me their alcohol, so they bought it for me, I, that, that was my trigger. The fact that they bought it for me. <laughs> okay. It had nothing to do with me needing it. I didn't need the buzz. I, I wasn't, I could have turned it down when someone's like, Oh, I got, I got you this like, you know, bottle of rose or I got, I was like, Oh, okay. She got it for me. Like now I'm going to drink it. Like, isn't that silly? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing with failure. You don't know why you're failing until you really start to pay attention. Mm. Cause like before, cause I've done this several times when I didn't want to drink, I just, I would cave and then I would shame my, instead of going to what happened, I would go right to the shame part of it. You failed you're a disgrace. Like, you know, you tell you're yourself, this. Stu- you're yeah. not good enough. Yeah. You messed up. You can't hold yourself accountable. You can't go to a challenge. You can never do it right. And then you, fr- you freak out and you stop. That's what most people do. They don't break it down and say, wait a minute. Why did I fail? Why did I eat that cheat meal today? Oh, because I had a fight with my husband and we had a fight. And when I fight, I stress eat and I stress ate. And, and you go there. And then when you realize what the problem is, now you can dissect it. Okay, let's say, let's go to that example. You stress eight because you had a fight with your husband. Okay, what can you do to prevent fights? 
what snack can you have in the in the closet or in the pantry that you can eat when you stre- when you fight? Right. You can. I have these stack of Quest bars. I have like whatever it is. It's like a cheat snack. Right. I have these eighty calorie like Greek yogurt bars. Like these are my fight snacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is what happens when I mess right. up. Right. And it's a, I'm allowed to do this thing that doesn't completely throw me off. Right. I had to do this when when I was competing. There was a couple times I would cheat and I would find out why am I cheating. I'd ask myself, what happened here? Was I craving something? Okay, I was craving sugar. Did you have a sweet tooth-like thing in your car? Did you have it in your closet? Whatever. And then I started to accumulate the the safe cheats or the safe snacks. And then it wouldn't throw me off. And then I had like a fail safe, you know? So like you, you, you prevent yourself... So you start to notice these things. And when you, the thing with this is most people have like a shame radar where if they fail, they just shame themselves. They don't get curious and they don't get like calm. Like it's okay. Everybody fails. Tell yourself everybody fails. Tell your favorite bodybuilder failed. Your favorite idol girl on Instagram has failed. Right. But they just kept pushing. They kept pushing past the failures. They kept getting curious about their failures. Wait, why didn't I... Why didn't I lift heavy to this week? Why didn't I do legs twice? I was supposed to do it twice a week. I only did it once. Oh, because I ran out of energy or I, I scheduled it at the wrong time or I overbooked. There's always reasons. And those reasons are our patterns of life. And if you don't look at your patterns of life, you're going to keep doing those patterns of life. Right. You don't break it down. Right. And all of us have these things. Right. Like weird little quirks. My quirk was my friend bought me wine and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't not drink it. Like that's so silly. Because this not. friend loves me to death and she would never judge me for not drinking. In fact, she'd probably congratulate me. Right. But I had that like, oh, oh my God, she bought it for me. Okay, thanks. For all. I'll have three glasses. Like what? There's really, there's something very powerful. Uh, and not, there's, I think there's more reasons why you have that kind of almost like a guilt. Guilt. A but, people pleaser. Right, right. But a lot of people that I work with, I, I have to like tell them like, don't accept any free food. Yes. Free food. Nope. Free sweets. Thank free you, treats. but no thank you. Nope. Yep. It's it's something like you can even be hungry. You know, I mean, <laughs> not hungry. This is a great and someone tip. says, here, like yeah. have this. It, and I noticed this like in in the last few times that I failed at this sobriety thing. Right. I'm not, I don't have an issue with alcohol, by the way, guys. I just wanted I just <laughs> I just like I just like challenges and I think it's healthy to do. Um but so the last, I looked at the last three times and I, instead of just marking it as a failure, I looked back and saw what it was. And the other time I was out camping, uh-huh. I didn't even bring alcohol for myself. I didn't have the desire for it. Nothing. Someone handed, literally put it in my hand, handed me a margarita and I just started drinking it. <laughs> like what? Am, is this an ice cream man? Like, why am I drinking? Why am I drinking it right now? I literally right. could have been like, thank you so much. But, and here's the other thing. Not only is it a pattern of behavior and it comes like for me, it's the guilt. It's the people pleaser in me that did it. Um, it's not having that when you don't practice going against your patterns, you can't establish a new pattern. So you have to physically be uncomfortable the first few times you try something and say, uh, 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 thank you for the margarita, but I'm not drinking. And you might be (laughs) awkward and you might be like all weird, you know, you might have to walk it off because your anxiety is like kicking up or something. Breaking new patterns is not easy. It's freaking hard. And some of the patterns are so dumb. (laughs) They're not even like a big thing. You just, you have a barrier because you're so used to it. Like when I was in a, when I was competing and I was working the nursing lounge, I worked 12 hour night shifts and they would always put the donut. There was like a nursing lounge where they always put donuts. So the nursing culture is all the 
free food. All the all the patients, the doctors, the families buy us food because oh, we're the nurses saving mm -hmm. their lives. Don't buy me donuts. You're <laughs> ruining my diet. <laughs> I want to compete on stage and I can't. Yeah, no. Thank you, families, but no, thank you. So I had to learn that when I when they have the donuts out, I started buying myself these like I don't. Know, it was like protein cookies. I started making myself protein cookies, protein brownies. They all fit my macros that day, but I would strategically make them taste like donuts. And, you know, I learned that trick, but I had to learn by failing, by eating many, many donuts <laughs> that I wasn't supposed to eat. What can you do to fix this? Because if I make it the person that brought in the donuts fault, how am I going to succeed? Every time someone brings in donuts, now I'm going to fail. I have to make it my responsibility to not eat the donuts. And yes. I have to figure out a fail safe for how that's going to happen. Because they're going to keep coming in and I have to keep clocking in. That's going to keep happening. So yeah. I had to fill my locker with like Lenny's cookies or whatever the right, hell. Right. And continue to have that strategy. It's so great to hear you having these, what I call like behavioral hacks. Yes. Because I think a lot of people that don't understand how we work out as much as we do and how we say no to stuff. We have tricks. Tricks. We have all yes. these little hacks that yes. we use yes. on ourselves yes. to help us make the better decision. Yes. And, and it's it, just about making better decisions. A thousand percent. And it's, <laughs> and it's getting comfortable with uncomfortableness. Yes. Because you can't just do a hack and it's going to be super easy. No. Like it, the first couple times, like, you're going to still want to eat the donut. You're going to have the Quest Bar and you're going to still want to eat the donut. But eat the Quest Bar anyways. Look at the donut while you're eating it if you want, you know, but but just you really have to keep forcing yourself and then you like overcome the fear, like you said the fear of it. The fear was the Quest doesn't take as much doesn't taste as good as the donut is. I won't be able to successfully eat the better healthy snack. Like you have all these thoughts in your head. Right. And then you just that passes. It right. literally passes. Okay, eat the Quest Bar. Okay, do you really want the donut? I'm actually cool. I don't need it. And it's still sitting in the room and you're good. Yeah. It's like overcoming all these things that we tell ourselves and those little, mo the little moments matter. Like, Oof. Oh my God, the little moments matter so much. And everyone thinks, Oh, all I have to do is just like jot down my diet on a calendar and I'm going to follow it. No, it's all the little moments yes. every single day when you're going to fail. And then when you, you, first of all, you need to, I always tell my clients this, you need to allow the failures to come. They're coming. <laughs> you're going to miss a workout. You're going to have a shitty workout. You're going to be in a bad mood. You're going to be too tired. You're going to want to cheat. You're going to have a party. Okay. Know that and say, I'm only cheating once a week. And when you cheat, that's it. You don't get another one. Or, you know, you're going to miss that workout. Okay. You can miss one, miss two. Okay. But no more. The next week you need to reset. And now you have to hit all your workouts. Right. You have to have these little like reset modes. That's right. what I do with myself. Like I'll have a bad week all the time. Like I was supposed to, that's why I keep failing at the 75 hard. I got the 45 minutes in da, da, da. Next thing you know, I'm taking care of my daughter. I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't get my second workout in. And I'm like, okay. But also journaling that down, say what happened here? Okay. I didn't schedule it out correctly or I made excuses. I really could have gone on the Peloton and I didn't, I really could have just done laps in the pool and I didn't. Um, so yeah, it's like that. Yes. Yes. You mentioned a word that you have now called your podcast triggered triggered <laughs> why did you choose that word and what's the history of that word for good you? question okay so yeah my podcast triggered i think i have like five episodes out now so check it out on spotify triggered by lauren drain yeah so i have P complex ptsd and i was diagnosed with it about three years ago um i probably have several different mental health issues i've discussed on the on the program and one of my biggest, most well-performing posts on my social media, on my Instagram, Lauren Drain Fit, 
was about my PTSD and the panic attacks that I started having. And like I said, I strongly believe that fitness is a huge therapy. So it probably the, probably the fact that I always got in the gym, moving my body and all that would get this pent up anxiety out of me. Mm. So I probably was able to mask it for a long time because I was actually doing therapy. Right. Um, but triggered connected so well when i had a panic attack video that i posted it was literally like a ring camera video of me falling to the floor having a full-blown panic attack i caught it on ring camera i posted on social media and i got like three thousand comments and i've wow. never get that many comments on my wow. videos anymore so i was just like okay like the most relatable like people are like oh thank you so much for posting i have the same issue what do i do other people are posting therapies try ashwagandha try ayahuasca try behavioral modification right. therapy right so i was able one thing with my social media that I've wanted to do for so long, and this is now why I've got into podcasting, I've wanted to connect with my audience because I know I have some really dope, badass people that follow me and we just don't talk because I don't know you. There's 4 million people out there. How am I going to be like, hi, who's the dopest people? Comment here. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's a bunch of trolls that comment. There's random people that comment. Right. But sometimes you don't get to connect with a like real hearty audience. Right. And so I was like, oh my God. This this thing I'm posting about mental illness or healing and, you know, your own personal healing trauma journey is connecting with people. So I need to start putting out more content about this. And I I did a lot of self-help work like the last three years. I've been on a pretty strict self-healing trauma journey because, like I said, I'm just going to touch on a little bit. But I was in a strict religious cult from ages 14 to 21. So I lived a pretty normal life before that. And then I got thrust into a religious cult with very intense religious strict beliefs and humiliations and punishments and protests is very like it was one of the biggest infamous churches out there it's called the westboro baptist church and they're very like just prominently infamous for the things they do so i went under a lot of like strict religion and then i got kicked out which cut me off from my family really that caught that spiraled me that caught me i was suicidal i was depressed i was um, I developed PTSD. I didn't know my PTSD was there until later. Cause a lot of times what will happen is after the trauma, it, it lays dormant until you get re-triggered. Mm, so AKA triggered. Got it. And, got it. um, I started getting triggered like, okay, I got kicked out when I was 21, almost 22. I started getting these triggers when I was 35 or 30. Yeah. 35. So it was like about a year after I had my daughter and, um, I'm talking full blown panic attacks that look like seizures. Like I would, I, you know, I'm a nurse, I'm a nurse first. I've been a nurse for 10 years and I worked in the step down in cardi cardiac ICU. I would literally get these tonic clonic seizures where, you know, your whole body's shaking. You lose control of your, how, what you're talking, what you're thinking, you fall to the floor. I never lost consciousness, but it was, it looked like a seizure and I would panic or hyperventilate. And this, these were happening right, right during quarantine, right after my dog um, was passing away, he was passing away of cancer. He was my best friend. Mm. So it was like one little thing after the other, I started slowly like unraveling. It was like a whole unraveling situation where I was like losing my mental health. I, I ended up getting COVID for 21 days and it was a really bad COVID. Wow. It was like, it was like a COVID where you probably should have been in the hospital. Right. I hate the hospital because I know what happens there. Um, and I'm like, I'm not trying to lay in a bed that sucks for this many days with the lights on and everyone's checking your vitals every two seconds. I'm waking like, you up. I already know. Yeah. As a nurse, you're probably like, they always say the nurses are the worst patients. So I'm like, I'm not going, but I had severe chest pain and I felt like shit and I lost 20 pounds in 20 days. So wow. it was intense. So it was one thing after the other. It was like quarantine. Oh, my, my brother-in-law passed away. That was super traumatic to our whole family. 
Then we had that my dog was passing away. Then it was like COVID lost weight. Then I started having these panic attacks every day and they would be like, literally I would, I had one in the car. I was driving like that's super unsafe. I had another one in the bath and was drowned. Like, dude, I was like, I can't, this is not like, there's signs from God in the universe right. that you need to get this under control. Like this. Were you working out at the same time? Hi, fitness junkies. I'm Dr. Leslie. As people reach their fitness goals, they tend to lose collagen and elastin in their face, which makes them look much older than they really are. Here at MD Spa, we have many different services that can rejuvenate your skin and make you look younger than you ever thought you could. If you'd like to explore how we can help you achieve your facial aesthetic goals, schedule an appointment with me at 702-718-7888. Hey, fitness junkies. This is George Majorano with American Medical Wellness. We are experienced in male and female hormone optimization, peptide therapy, stem cell therapy, and IV therapy. If you're looking to improve your health and wellness, please give us a call, 702-347-7000, or visit our website, AmericanMedicalWellness.com. Are we not? I couldn't work out. I every time I would go to start working out, um, something would happen. Like I remember, I actually went to sign up for a show because I was going to do a post baby like transformation back to stage, and I would sign up for a show and I would start my you know, my workouts and my diet, and then I would get sick. So I got sick. I got sick with COVID a week or two after I started signed up for the show, and that was 21 days long. So I was like, "Mm, this I'm not in the state to be training right now. My body says no. My body's saying no. There's no amount of like willpower that's going to overcome the fact that I can't even hold food down. I, I had no appetite. I couldn't eat, couldn't smell. Um, so yeah, that happened. So, so I, I was, you on, get out of that? well, I, I realized my body, this, I think this people need to be mindful of this when you're having panic attacks and your body's kind of shutting down in different ways, you have to get a hold of your mental health. Like it now becomes a crisis for you. So for me, I felt like it was a crisis. Can't hold my daughter. Can't drive. Can't take a bath. Like, losing weight. It, it's, it's, it's time. So I was like, okay, let's figure out what's going on here. And I, I, I had already been in therapy for a really long time, but I was like, listen, I, we got to take it to the next stage. And actually when I posted that PTSD video, people were like, you need to try ayahuasca. Like this is a plant medicine. It, have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a plant medicine. It's supposed to fast track a lot of healing. Cause I, I obviously had a lot of, you know, they say, okay, this is a ceremony you could do and you can maybe heal 10 years in one night. Like, kind of fast track you, you know, who wants to be in therapy for 10 more years. Right. So I looked at, looked it up, started doing research, started paying attention. People were recovering from addictions, PTSD, which by the way, PTSD before uh, plant medicines were even considered, they don't really, they don't cure you in the hospital. Like in a mental hospital, when I was there at least 10 years ago, they were like, Oh, we'll give you some meds and you try not to trigger yourself. And it's like, it's a terrible outcome. Like the prognosis is like super terrible. It's like, Oh, try not to get triggered. It's like, dude, (laughs) that we don't know how to do that because our body, if it goes into a full blown, it's like a fight or flight instant, you know? And so I was very, very encouraged to see there's a, there's a treatment, there's a cure, there's a solution. People are like recovering. And then there's some other things I started delving into. So it was like ayahuasca ceremonies I did, um, EMDR, which is another form of therapy that's very specific at targeting trauma response and triggers. So with like PTSD triggers, the people cannot cannot stop themselves. Like if let's say a veteran hears like fireworks and they can't stop themselves from maybe like trying to punch someone or like trying to grab a gun or right. there's different responses people have right. and it's very real to their body. They're not actually premeditating what they're doing. They're not like, I'm going to go hit someone. I'm going to pick up a gun. It's, it's a fight or flight. So your body just 
goes into it like right. zero to 100 right so i started noticing this with myself sometimes it'd be a panic attack sometimes it would be a anger attack where i would just throw something like i didn't have i didn't have two seconds to be like hey wait maybe you shouldn't throw something i would just go into a full-blown response to the point that sometimes i blacked out and i didn't even know that i hit some through something or hit something and it would happen repeatedly through certain triggers because i started journaling and paying attention to what my triggers were right and I'm like, oh, when this happens, this is when you do it. When someone says this, when someone, you know. And so I started doing the deep work, the journaling, the self-awareness and finding out what's happening with you. Where is it in your body? I'd feel like, okay, I feel 10 out of 10 chest pain when this someone says this to me. Or I, you know, I tense up when this happens. And it's like a whole thing. So you start to do the work, find mm -hmm. out what's happening with your body, what's happening with your emotions, um, what's the reaction, what reaction do you want versus not want? And you have to do all this work. Um, this is called cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. So it's literally, it's kind of like what we went back to. You're retraining your habits, but except on the level of, of, of PTSD. So, right. wow. so it, it's intense, but it, it is, it is doable. Um, and the EMDR even helps even more because cognitive behavioral therapy only helps with the patterns, like helping you break bad patterns and mm -hmm. helping you to understand where you go wrong and where your reactions to things go wrong. But EMDR actually helps re erase the memory. And when I say that, it helps neutralize the memory. So if I have a trauma, you know, when I got kicked out of the church, it was a very traumatic experience because I lost my family in one day. So certain things people said that day trigger me or whatever. Um, so when we go to EMDR, it's kind of like hypnosis. You like close your eyes and you tap your body and you go into a little hypnotic state and you re-enter the memory or the trauma and then you neutralize it. So the therapist will help you build positive associations with that, reparent yourself, tell yourself you're safe, that shouldn't have happened to you, you didn't deserve that, you deserve better. You know, if you were there with another kid, you would make sure that kid's safe. Like it's a whole reparenting process and it's really super, it sounds kind of cheesy when you hear it because you're like, oh, you're just telling yourself you're okay. Right. But it really works. Like you literally build your self-esteem back up. You no longer feel anxiety or chest pain or you never no longer feel like fighting anyone you can neutralize the memory and sometimes you have to go back into it several times to neutralize it or to make it positive but to this point that like certain things that people used to say to me could make me go to a 10 with like chest pain or a panic attack or throw something where now i'm like i actually can handle it i can take a second i can pause i can be like okay i don't really want to do anything yeah but <clears throat> yeah so it's super effective so is it is it something that like fitness you have to continue to work on there's oh my no, god yes there's no destination and go oh, i'm cured yes it's you've got to you keep have working to keep it. working on it it's one of those things where like the lesson will pop you know they say the lesson keeps entering your life until you learn the lesson right, right. and sometimes you think you've learned it but you only learned portions of it and right. there's like it'll steep, still keep coming in there like oh are you still triggered now right or sometimes you'll be triggered like three out of ten instead of a ten out of ten so you might like feel like punching someone but you don't punch someone right you know it's one of those things so right. it's, there's levels to it there's degrees there's like a spectrum it definitely is you have to keep working on it so i mean i i mean it's kind of frustrating because you're like damn you would want something to be cured right but the prognosis is so much better than it used to be it used to be that people had to live with ptsd for life right and, and they, if they yeah medicate them and make them feel all low and slow and like terrible you know i, I think the most you can avoid medications if you need medication for things okay cool i've taken xanax for my panic attacks i've had some really bad ones um i've taken Adderall for ADHD. I've taken things and I think some people can use them and you know at their discretion, but if you can find a way around it, 
like through with like fitness and stuff. Like right. I don't notice the more I work out, the more I get some of the pent up energy that's like in there, like normal anxiety out of my body. I'm good. And then just doing a lot of the inner self work of breaking down these negative thoughts, you know, cause we all consume so many negative thoughts all the time, whether it's self-criticism, criticism of others, judgment of others, judgment of self. Like we're doing this all day long mm. and we're bombarded with it all day long through social, social media and everything else. You really have to practice breaking that down yeah, so that you don't keep triggering yourself. You right. know, they say that I read this meme. I learned so much on memes. <laughs> they say that like 90% of our problems are self-induced. Like it's how we perceive. Oh yeah. Or it's also like the fear of a problem, but the problem isn't here yet. It's like yeah. the anxiety of the problem. Yeah. But if you just sit with where you are right now, there's no problem right this second. Right. Like I can think about problems that are about to happen all day long, but no, nothing's actually happening right now. Bad. Right. So a lot of like what goes on this, all the work you do in this type of therapy that I've, I talk about on my show is learning how to self-regulate your emotions, self-regulate your thoughts. You can have a negative thought come in your head, but it does, it actually doesn't always come from you. I learned this in therapy too. It just, it comes from like culture, like other, what you think other people think of you. It's not actually even your own thought. Right. And I, I don't know why I never knew this. And maybe it's like a silly thing, but my therapist said, you know, whatever thought you get, you don't have to keep it. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, lots of stuff is just entering your head and you can filter it out and be like, oh, I don't really need that thought. Like right. discard it and move on to the next. Right. But if you're not used to practicing that, you're not used to filtering positive and negative thoughts. You're right. not used to saying, I don't need to go with that. Like, cause if we go with every thought, we're just going to go down a, a rabbit hole. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I suck. I'm terrible. I'm going to fail at everything. And just, you can go all the way down that hole. Right. Or you can be like, wait, I failed. Okay, cool. Okay. What next? Why did I fail? Do I want to keep failing? Is there a strategy? Can I become empowered? Like there's so many other places you can get with, if you don't just consistently do the negative patterns, right. you know? Right. And that's why I think coaching is so important. You probably see this with your clients is that it's not, if you're, if you're going to a coach, first of all, they need to keep you accountable. So they're going to say things that are going to challenge you. They're going to make you check in on a certain time. They're going to, you know, and hopefully they're still encouraging and supportive, but they're holding you accountable for things that you can't hold yourself accountable for. And you, you don't hold yourself accountable for. That's why you have a coach. Everyone should have a coach. Like if I'm training for something, I'm only going to hold myself accountable for so much. Right. To get me to the next level, I need a coach right. to be like, uh, you're not really running that hard or, uh, you can, now we can step it up this week and now right. we can step it up that week. Right. We all kind of, even athletes, even probably you and I, we all kind of settle into, okay, this is the most I can do. <laughs> you know, like, and you might still have a really good routine, right? but a coach pushes you to the next level yeah. and they challenge you. And if you really are, are not liking where your baseline's at, like I, maybe you like your baseline, I like my baseline, but if I want to get past my baseline, I have to have a coach yeah. because they're going to push you harder. They're going to challenge you more. They're going to, they might even inspire you more. They'll do like so many reps that you couldn't do, or they'll put pull-ups that you can't do. You know, that's necessary. And also they have the strategies that you don't have. They have the hacks that you didn't have. Right. Yeah. And you learn that for them. And that's right. why, like, just people need to start to learn to be inspired instead of, like, maybe self-criticize or self-judge. Because the person that's inspiring you is doing the same things. They're doing the same things regardless whether or not you judge them or judge yourself or if you're being inspired or don't be inspired. It's literally how you look at the world. It's like how you look at that person. Mm. They're not doing anything different. They're doing whatever badass stuff they're doing, and you're just deciding that that's too much for me, or that's awesome. Right. You're just deciding that. Right. So find your idol, whoever it is. It doesn't have to be the big, the most strongest man on the planet. It doesn't have to be the fittest girl. 
find your niche person and let them inspire you because whatever they have will push you and and it'll get you to where you need to go and you won't just stay in that like self-criticism box of like oh i can't do that i love that learn to be inspired learn to be inspired i like that because we're so busy judging ourselves and judging others and it's so easy to let an idol make you feel low about yourself but you have to learn that like no this idol came from somewhere and like maybe one of the idols is a little bit too outside your reach right then find a slightly different one right that's still above where you're at but attainable and right. they're going to push you you know so in today's culture um the word triggered has been i feel diluted and things like words or violence and things like that that's just my personal opinion i feel like what you're experiencing with the word triggered it has depth and meaning to it but yeah. like some of these what what i would say is these in, entitled little fucking kids <laughs> thinking that you know yeah. words are violence what how do you feel about what's going on with a lot of the youth in this country yeah. and what you're experiencing when you talk about triggered. Okay. That's a great question. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. So there's a whole, like the hype culture, right? There's what's hype, what's going to get you clout, what's going to get you triggered, what's going to get you canceled. Like these are all the words that we're using. Right. And so they throw, they lump triggered in there because you know, you get a reaction, Right. you get a, a strong reaction from people. You might get a like violent troll reaction. So triggered has been like a social media word because like we're getting people upset, you know, right. but obviously with PTSD and mental health, it's a real freaking issue. And I do right. mention that on my show many times. So sometimes on my show, we'll get, we'll get a little lighthearted about it. I'm like, Oh, is that trigger you? You know, right. and we'll make it a joke because you don't want to always be serious all the time. Right. But I, I let people know it's a real thing. And I, the reason I feel free to say it is because I've genuinely been triggered to the point of de depression, triggered to the point of suicide, triggered to the point of being angry at myself, self-loathing, feeling like there was no way out of this trap. Like I felt trapped in my own body right. because it really is such an intense reaction that you feel like you have to read Body Keeps the Score. The Body right. Keeps the Score is a, is a book that talks about how when you have trauma trapped in your body and it, it becomes a repetitive exposure where if you're exposed to something similar, you'll have this violent reaction or, or whatever reaction. Right. It could be a freeze. It could be a fight. It could be a flight. Right. Um, people have different reactions, but mine's fight. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to watch out because you can't live your life fighting everyone. Right. Um, yeah. But anywho, so yeah, that's, I get on there and I talk about real health, mental health issues that I think a lot of us deal with anxiety, depression, suicide. Like I really, I really put those out there and I want people to, you know, be able to talk about it and then have real therapeutic results. Um, but also like on the show, we'll just talk about like people's different life experiences, like anything that's like a micro trauma or trauma, like I'll be like, you know, it's kind of triggering to talk about. Like if on my show, we talk about people that have gotten shot at and people that got abused, people that are raised up, raised by their parents on drugs, like people that have overdosed on drugs. Like we talk about real life drama in right. situations and right. that can be triggering. And but not if I call you, uh, if I refer to you as she and you want to be non-binary or something and like that triggers you. That's fucking oh bullshit. That, that is like crazy, dude. I, yeah. I mean, listen, a lot of things are going to trigger different people. And I, and I talk about that on my show too, because I think that's been taboo about what actually can trigger people. Now you can have a trigger like, Oh my God, that freaked me out or I'm going to troll you. Or it could be like, 
I'm in a full-blown panic and now I can't recover for a day. Right. So I think the spectrum is still there. Right. Getting up, getting mildly upset and leaving a stupid comment versus I can't function. Um, but yeah, we all use the word for all of those reactions, you right. know, or you can even buy, someone can be butthurt and they're triggered. Someone can be angry and they're triggered. So right. yes, it's an overused word, but I think so many of our words are overused nowadays. You've got traumas over, overused, triggered, ugh, all of it, you know, with the kids. So I, I mean, listen, I don't want to say anything negative about our kids, but you know, we, the kids in our, this generation are growing up on social media. Like all they know is social media. They, most kids probably in their teens haven't been to therapy yet. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> and if they're thriving on social media and they're getting clickbait because they're getting a, po to them it's positive reaction, right? And they say with social media, when you get positive engagement or any thriving engagement, it's dopamine response, right? Yeah. So they're going to get the dopamine hit and they're going to want to keep going with it. So you'll see a lot of these younger YouTubers, TikTokers and stuff. All they're doing is posting whatever trends, whatever triggers people, whatever gets the most hits. It could be, you know, you saw it with like the Jake Paulers on with Jake Paul and Logan Paul. Like they post yeah. out some pretty crazy shit to get clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they, they maybe rerouted their, their brands now to actually be a lot better. But there were times when they would post things that were very very controversial and very triggering for people. Right, right. Like actually truly painful. Yeah. It just seems, you know, uh, I think, like I said, I feel the realness, the grittiness of the trauma and the triggers that you are involved with mm -hmm. opposed to the overuse of the word and it yeah. kind of it's kind of like it dumbs down the word yeah it, it takes the powerful meaning away yeah and so on the show i get to the nitty-gritty like i literally continue to talk about with each person we we usually delve into whatever trauma or or life-changing event you know we all go through like different things that like change our perspective on ourself or our life or maybe make us value life better and so i'll get to that with each person so each each story not every show not every episode did i have a guest on i actually do a lot of solo episodes but when i have guests on there it's like what made you find your soul as a human like what really made you like reevaluate yourself reevaluate your life there's like these pivotal moments right sometimes it's trauma sometimes it's a life-changing event like i'm about to have chava on there he had a he had a window fall on his head from 10 stories up like life-changing like bro could have broken his neck could have killed him right he and he took that and he tells a powerful motivating story about how he took that event and transformed his entire life his businesses now he's like a successful millionaire that helps other people transform their businesses into millionaire models and it's just those moments those pivotal moments to me where it could either be a hardship you're overcoming it could be an illness it could be you right. know there's a lot of different we all are touched by different things right. and i think for me, I'm trying to find the heart and soul of people and like t figure out a way to ask the right questions and tell the right story that you can see each person has their own story. They have their own heart and soul. They have their own obstacle. And I will say when I, even with fitness, when I fell in love with fitness, I learned that they, it's so cheesy, but it's like the book, the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. It's like the obstacle is the way people are trying to skirt the obstacle. Nice. I don't want to, I don't have to work out. Can I just skip cardio? Can I just eat? can i cheat more they're trying to avoid the obstacles right. no the obstacle is the way I love that. you do want to do the cardio you do want to skip the cheat meal you do want to quit alcohol during the week or whatever it is because that is your that's the challenge that's the yes. progress how can you be proud of yourself that winning first place when you never quit alcohol you didn't put a donut away one day in your life like yes you can still win right. but are you really that accomplished do you really feel genuine like 
hell yeah, that pride. Right. How can you feel that if you never had an obstacle and you never overcame a ton of obstacles? Right. So I remember when I didn't win first place like a million times, <laughs> I kept getting so pissed. And then I was like, why is this girl step on stage one time and she gets it? And I have to do like five or six shows to get my pro card. Right, right, right. And then I realized after the fact, because the obstacles are what made you have a journey. The obstacles are how you can cry super hard with 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 like genuine pride and accomplishment because you had those obstacles and you didn't give up and you kept trying and you pivoted and you pivot a new way. And when you see that obstacle, each time you come up to it, you look at it different. Like first you tried to go under it, then you try to go around it, then you try to jump over it, then you try to like, you know, you do all these things and you're like, it's okay to do, to find different paths. Right. It's okay. Right. But just find the path. Like there's some, like they say, like it's a million paths to get to one destination. It's so true. You don't always have to follow everything to a T, but follow most of it to a T. And then like find your own little niche. Like I, okay, so I don't know. Like my coach not told me not to do abs. I did abs. No, that was my little thing. I felt like doing it anyways. Or I don't know, like you don't like doing running, then freaking do stairs or do the bike or right. swim, do right. something. Do right. it differently, but do it. Do it. Do, do the something. obstacle. Right. And if you don't like that obstacle, you can contort it into a slightly different obstacle, but still you have to do the obstacle. Right. You know, you have to like, you know, whatever it is. So I, and then I, and you have to do the rewards too are there. Like you get the cheat meal on the weekend. So really just save up, like think in your head, yeah, I'm definitely going to have pizza on the weekend. I'm not going to have it now. I'm going to, I'm going to go through the motions and whatever, but I'm having it on the weekend. I'm going to enjoy it on the weekend, you know? Yeah. But you have to have that balance of obstacle and reward, right? Obstacle reward. If it's right. all reward, it's not a challenge. Right. You're no longer in a challenge. Everybody does that, which is not challenging. <laughs> when my people join my challenge, I'm like, you're in a challenge. Remember six week challenge. And they're just like, oh, it's so hard in the workouts. And I was like, yeah, but you're only, you're less than 1% of the population right now. How much accomplishment is that? There's just the fact that you're here, just the fact that you signed up, just the fact that you're looking at your workouts and you're changing your meal plan. You're at less than 1%. That's huge the right world. there of wow. the world. Yeah. Just by showing up and doing this. And then if you do, if you complete it, now you're like less than like 0. 0.0 something. <laughs> right. And then if you do multiple, like it's insane to me that our, community of the world that the fit people are less than one percent that's insane to me insane like back in the 70s and stuff everybody was fit yeah i remember I, like i follow this i follow this thing on instagram it's called like project knowledge and it always puts out like kind of controversial stuff but it kind of it's relevant mm -hmm. and they showed a picture of the beach back in like the 70s or 80s yep yep I've and seen that. did you see this one yeah, and great. everybody on the beach is fit right every single human right looks in shape and this it's is what shaking. I noticed when I went to Europe. Oh, do I have to interrupt? No, no, no. Oh. No, I was, go on. Oh, you go sure? on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it'll be quick. When I went to Europe, I noticed, first of all, everybody walks everywhere. And most people are fit there too, even though they're eating a lot of food that's not processed. But on the beaches, they don't sit. Like if you go to any beach in Europe, they all walk. They're mm -hmm. either walking or swimming or walking their dog. They, they, they're not just laying there eating. Right. They literally are walking, jogging. If they stop, it's like a break, but they're actually doing a workout on the beach. Right. right. And everybody just like, you know. It's so different. But we're not like that here. But we, then on that picture you're talking about, then they showed a picture of today's beach. Oh, yeah. And everyone's fat. And everyone's, yeah. It's cool. just sad. It's like, it's unnecessary because I don't want to judge people, but it's like your body, the way, the way your body looks is a representation of how much discipline you want to put in mm. to yourself. So it's almost like a walking advertisement yes. of 
am I in a good state of health? Do I love myself? Can I can I overcome challenge? Do yeah. I try to challenge myself? Yeah. Like that's to me what it is. Yeah, and yeah. it's okay to fluctuate. Absolutely, yeah. right. But do you want to just like take the one temple you have, like that God gave you this one temple? You only have one body. Right. You can buy everything else. You can't change your body. You can't change your health. <laughs> right. Once it's gone, it's gone. Yep. Yep. It's like preach. <laughs> I'm like, you have arms and legs. Like there's people that don't have arms and legs. Use them. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is yours. It's your one thing. Like, do something with. It. I don't even care what you do. Do something boring or weird. Right. But Just move. move. Move your body. <laughs> um, Amber. Do, oh, yeah. You're not Amber. No, I'm. You're Chase. <laughs> yeah. Earlier show, you were Amber. <laughs> do we have the um, movement of uh, Lauren doing legs? Legs. Yes, we do. Lauren, we're at Kilo Club again. Yes. My, one, of my, one of my favorite gyms in the city. One of my favorite gyms. <laughs> Love it here. And you're going to show us a leg exercise or two. Some lower body workouts. These are my favorite, like, booty targeting workouts. So okay. I think I'm going to do a split squat. Okay. Weighted split squat. And then maybe I'll show, like, a sumo dead deadlift. All right, well, let's get to it. Okay, lower weight to begin with. This is a stability workout, so you're gonna have to balance on each leg. So you really wanna make sure you get the right distance, get a, get a bench, make sure you find your stability. Make sure you go below parallel so you can really target the glute on the way back up. And sometimes we'll even like pulse it right there when you feel the glute engage. Ooh, the squat rack, you're gonna do supersetting some... Sumo deadlifts, sumo squats, depending on how you're like lifting the weight back up. I like to, I guess it, it might look more like a squat, but I go super, super low and focus on the glute targeting and bringing the weight back up. You really wanna focus on that versus the legs bringing it up because we're trying to kill the booty. I kind of do over underhand grip just because it's heavier weight. Start with lightweight first and then work your way back up. Protect your back, chest up, flat back, widen your feet, have it to toes pointed out, make sure you're centered over the bar. And I like to do an over under grip because I'm gonna be lifting heavy weight, so you could always try that. With this, same principle, loading, pyramiding up yeah. each set? Yeah, I, I, I like to do that. I feel like I'm protecting my back a lot better. With deadlifts, obviously, you have to worry about low back engagement, over-recruiting. I've always had an issue with that. I actually learned my deadlifts really poorly when I first started training. I did a lot of CrossFit, and I lift as heavy as possible, as fast as possible, and obviously that doesn't build you very good strength or form. I now am on that low weight to start, but work your way back up, make sure your form's awesome but keep going. If like right, right now, this was not enough weight for me to feel it in my glutes. So that was totally a warm up, right. which is fine. Right. But pay attention to if you have that mind muscle connection, like did it hurt when I was moving the weight? Did it? Did I feel it in my glutes? Did I feel it burn? If it didn't burn, you didn't max it out. Right. So I like the last three to five reps of any of my movements to feel actual burn and actual struggle. So in the muscle that you're targeting. In the muscle you're targeting. You really Got have it. to pay attention. Sometimes you have to go really slow to see what's happening. If you don't feel it anywhere, you're too strong for that weight. So just keep going up, go up, and, and then you'll find your sweet spot. Sweet spot. Exactly. <laughs> That's so cool. I hey. love a female, and this might sound a little sexist, but when a woman knows her shit in the gym, I really love it. That's <laughs> cool. You yeah. know your shit. Thank you. Yeah, all my coaches were male, but I actually learned a lot from the females that I was competing against because we would actually 
like get together and do a little lifting and you learn when you train with other people, you learn little tricks and like super little tricks. Like I, I used to do a lot of lifts differently and wrong. I, when I first got into lifting, it was the CrossFit and I was like, okay, I learned that wrong. So when you get into a sport, any sport you get into, any hobby you get into, the more information you collect, the better, the more mentors you can do, the different like styles. And then you can like slowly develop your own like likes, dislikes and style. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So talk to me about the body dysmorphia feeling or if you have any when you see a picture of a video of yourself. Um, how long ago was this? <sighs> Five months ago? Yeah. Are you picking yourself apart? Are you saying any? What are the, the stories that are going through your head that you have to fight off? Oh my god! Because I know I had them going. Oh my god! <laughs> this, this is amazing. I'm actually picking apart my hair right now. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I pick apart my body all the time, and this is something like I don't know if it's just competition. I think girls in general, and even males in general, do it just because the society we live in with social media. You're always comparing yourself, not only even just against everyone else, but then your best peak self, you know, yes. cause you know, you know what it looks like and you have right. direct access to seeing it all the time. Right. Back in the day, you didn't look at your, like p your pictures from 10 years ago every day. Right. Like I can look at my picture of 10 years ago every single day. Right. And my peaks, <laughs> my peak shape is right there on my highlight reel or whatever else. So right. it's, it's more challenging, you know, but you just have to keep reevaluating and keep like setting new goals and, and sending yourself love. And just saying, remembering that fitness is a journey. It's not the destination. If you think it's a day, like, oh, I'm going to work out for this long and then I'm going to stay that way. No, you actually have to keep going at it yeah. and you have to keep pivoting and you come up with new goals. Like sometimes first it was the competitions and then it was like, no, first it was like CrossFit and there was competitions and there's are different things. And I have different little areas of my life. Where I have to refocus. Okay. Now I want to take more classes. Maybe I want to take care of my joints better and I need to go to yoga and Pilates more, you know? You have to constantly look at new goals and set them and give yourself grace when you fail or if you're getting out of shape. I would say, okay, is my peak body style for myself was at 135. Now, I'm, I'm not, I don't like to say weight because I know body can fluctuate a lot and I'm right. a big preacher of like how your, how your clothes fit and like your body composition is more important than the scale. Right. But when I was, when I was like muscular but also lean, 135 was my favorite. Now, my bot, like I even have like measurements down, like when my, Waist was like less than 29 and like right. maybe even closer to 26. Um, I know that's my peak. So I have these numbers in my head. And right. then I have like what I looked like on the on the screen. You know, obviously I know I look, I know I look like I work out. Like people say that everywhere I go. So I appreciate that. Um, but body dysmorphia is a real thing. Like yeah. you legitimately will criticize everything about yourself. Like, oh, I didn't look lean from that angle. I know I can have a 26 inch waist. Mm. I know I can have abs all the time. I know you know, you tell yourself these things, right? I can right. look more ripped. I can look leaner. I can fit into my clothes better. So those thoughts go surface in my head, even now, every day, yeah. every single day. Yeah. And I try to just kind of push them out gently and just say, okay, you are where you're at. Like you, if you want to get leaner, you can do it, but you know, it's going to be a journey. Don't expect it to happen tomorrow. You're not going to binge and purge your way there. You're not going to, um, you know, starve yourself there. You're going to do a journey and remember the journey is the is the obstacle which is the way the journey is right. going to be the process you're going to be proud of yourself along the process you're going to be proud of yourself maybe once you get to that progress photo you like or if maybe you measure yourself and the inches went down the way you liked it or maybe you tried on the outfit you loved and now it fits right you know just in you have to remind yourself that the journey is the way and that the obstacle is the way you it, you can't have it be the destination you can't have it be when my waist is 26 then i'll love myself when i'm lean enough 
at this when i'm at 135 i love myself no i love me now right but i'm i like me challenged too so i love me now and i can wear the clothes that fit me now and i can take cute photos of me now and i can still love me now but i also will be accomplished in a different way and i'll have different self-love at that spot but that's not the only lauren that deserves love lauren now deserves love too you have to literally tell yourself that because if you're hating on yourself the whole way you're destroying your self-esteem and you're actually creating more body dysmorphia and more problems and more anxiety and then you know, every time you're not in peak shape, which can't happen all year round unless you're on steroids 24 seven, you know, like it just doesn't work that way. So I had to learn that process. And, you know, I had my baby three years ago, so I, my body changed a little bit that way. And like my peak photos and videos are when I'm in my twenties. So I know I'm not necessarily going to always be at 26 inch waist. So I have to remind myself that, but I still like use some of myself as an inspo. So I can work towards it. I won't just say, oh, you were in your 20s. Therefore, you don't have to work out anymore. Right. I do see that some people use that as an excuse. Right. Like I'm not in my 20s. So right. I, I'm not going to look as good as I did then. Right. So I better just give up on working out and right. just not even try. Because or, Right. Or is it I'm I'm negotiating around the obstacles yeah (laughs) or the or this the obstacles are gonna be harder because now my 30s or 40s right so now i won't do it right yes i have to work harder i have to work harder to have the body i have now but the other option is not have the body i want so don't have the body i want and feel shitty or have the body i want and it's a little bit harder like right. to me, that's not, that's obvious. Right. And I, and I, and because I found, fell, fell in love with so many of the other aspects of fitness, I know it's going to help my, help my mental health. I know I'm going to get negative energy out of my body. I know it's inc- drastically helping my internal body. Longevity, it's ke- it's yes. longevity. It's keeping me off of medications. I'm yes. fighting cancer every time I run. Yes. Like I know these things. So I pump myself full of those positive things. And then they, the positive things start to outweigh the obstacle because I know all these other things. And then that sense of accomplishment will be there. So you, you have to negotiate, you have to be really good at negotiating with yourself yeah. because your, your inner critic will come up. Yeah. That will always be there. It's like the 100%. devil on your shoulder. Yep. Oh, you really should just eat. You should enjoy your life. You're in your thirties and forties. It's gonna be too hard. Da, 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 da. <laughs> It'll talk so much shit to you. 100%. So much shit. And you have to be like, well, I have an angel on this shoulder. And she says right. all these other things. I'm going to counter that argument with longevity. I feel younger. I look younger. I'm stronger. I appreciate myself more. I have accomplishment. I have pride. Like you have to outweigh your negative self. Yes. You yes. have to. The one thing that I, I think I've told you this before that I completely fell in love with you as a, a fan of yours was when you did that um, IG post when you were talking about cellularly. Oh, yeah. And you were like, you know, we all get it. And you were explaining to other oh, women yeah. that it was just like, it was like this, this you know, fitness influencer going to talk about her own cellularly after her having a baby. And it was just like, thank you. She's so authentic. I thank you so much. That was a really hard one to post because I was so used to growing up in, in the social media perfection age. Nowadays, it's there's more trends towards imperfection and authenticity. Right. But when I first started on Instagram, like about 10 years ago, 
everything needed to be perfect, like tight and yeah. the tighter, the better, the bigger, the butt, the tiny, the waist, yeah. like y- you would get sponsorships, the, the more perfect you are. Right. So it wasn't like authenticity wasn't rewarded. It was actually trolled upon and it was very scary. Yeah. So I remember even like random posts where people like, Oh, is her, does she have a nose job? Or like, <laughs> Oh, this or that, like any little comment would send me into a huge spiral of like shame. And so the fact that I was able to post that out there, I remember my husband helped help me with that. He was like, listen, you need to post more of these things and you are, this is the way your body's changing right now. Like you should just let women know cause they, they go through the same thing. And I remember I posted it, we took a picture and I didn't realize cause I had never really seen my cellulite up close like that yet. Cause I was like maybe three or four months pregnant right? and my body was drastically changing. I was like, Oh man, like I, I don't even recognize myself. Like I, I feel kind of weird, like looking like that. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I bet a lot of other women, they get pregnant, look like this. There's no chance that they don't. So why don't I just show them? I still love myself. This is what's happening with my body as I literally create life. And, um, I'll let you guys know, and I'll let you know the journey. And there was a couple of other influencers that just started doing this and they were testing those waters of authenticity. They were testing the waters of imperfection and flaws and saying it's okay for your body to fluctuate. And that's what I preach to my clients. I don't want them to see me 24 seven shredded. Right. First of all, I can't be that way without right. steroids. But right. even if I was, it wouldn't relate to half of them because right. they do have cellulite and they do, their bodies do get overweight or they do fluctuate or, they, or they're not tight and toned 24 seven. So that's what I'm trying to let them know is that happens to me too. And I have, I have struggles. I have ways, you know, times I'm 20 pounds overweight, you know, stuff like that. So I saw the relatability and the, the, the stars that I looked up to, like Emily Sky. Emily Sky was posting that because she had a baby b- before me mm. a couple of years before. And she posted like full blown, like postpartum, like days after she had her baby. She's like in a diaper. She's like got a baby. She's like everything is out. She's like, <laughs> right. I, I'm used to fit abs and like looking shredded. And I, this is what I am right now. Right. And I thought that was so brave. And I was like, that's so brave because it's so real. It's and it's making taking away the weight of the pressure of like snapping back and all that stuff because it's the journey. Right. And yeah. when you see a woman that takes a year to get her body back, but she still gets it back versus a woman that got it back two days later, like how much of a journey is it that you're 20 <laughs> years old and you have abs the next day? Like that's not a journey. Right. Like I, I, I don't know the struggle you went through. I don't know the obstacles you went through. You, you didn't give up when you felt like you weren't getting there. Like when the woman takes longer and she shows you the struggles or she shows you where her body maybe made her feel disappointed then you're like, whoa, I can relate to that. Cause I yeah. have those days where I feel disappointed in myself or I'm not at my body, body goal weight. And then you just like, you're like, no, but they keep going. That's, that's really, that's really what caught my attention. And I was like, now I'm going to start to put that out there. And if it takes me a while, it takes me a while. And, you know? and did you feel the love from that? The, did, or did you? What, Insane. <laughs> I only have, I think I have my top three posts that I've pinned to my top is the cellulite post you're talking about. You uh-huh. can see on my Instagram. And then there's another one where I was super insecure about my moles and I had mm. my moles removed. I didn't see that. So one. it's just, it's just, um, if you don't like watching surgery, don't watch it, but <laughs> you swipe right and you can see them surgically remove my moles. So I had a bunch of like pretty big moles on my stomach and like obviously with fitness modeling abs is featured a lot. So I got them removed for two reasons. Number one, they biopsied them and said they're atypical. They're, they could transform into something dangerous. And I've had that happen on other moles before. So I'm like, dude, just take it off. But aesthetically, it also looked better to me. And right. I had like six scars there too. So I had the journey of the moles and the, and the surgery and the scars and then having to wait to get back in shape for that. And that was one of my best performing performing Instagram posts as well. So I noticed the trend, like people really are relating to authenticity. People right. are relating to flaws and imperfections and 
you know, whatever it is, if you have a struggle, like let's say you love to work out and you, you have an injury or a sickness and all of a sudden you can't, they love seeing that comeback story. Like even Callum posted a big old come, comeback story right. from like the bicep and the quad and you know, all these things like people love that shit. Yeah. And the, and the, and the, um, the panic attacks. That, yeah. That's yeah. Like it was huge. Right. Like here I am all my flaws. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. That's, that's it's awesome. so crazy. Yeah. So when I did get that good feedback, that's why I've been trying to be more authentic and I've tried to put, I'm exposing myself a lot. If you go into my podcast triggered, I expose myself a lot. These are concepts. Some of the things I talk about, I wrote down and I was going to post on Instagram and I never did like stories I told was going to tell that I never did. Cause I was so afraid of negative feedback, right. trolls ex and exposing myself, you know, Oh, that person's canceled because blah, blah. Right. And now I'm like, no, podcasting seems more real and authentic. You can talk you can share stories. Yeah. I don't really check my comments. I don't even know if there's a place to check your comments, but there isn't on Spotify, right? I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. There's no place to yeah. even be as insulted about what people are saying, <laughs> unless you check the YouTube, Beauty. but, but yeah, it's, it's so, it's so freeing because you can say things that you mean to say, be authentic. You know, if you mess up, just say, Hey, I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. But it, yeah, so I can, it's a place where I can be authentic and I'm realizing people like that more mm. and I like it more. I yeah. actually really like it a lot more. It's than, like, it's freeing to not just be like, oh, I'm perfect all the damn time. Isn't that cool? <laughs> right. Follow me. And also like join my challenge. And I never fluctuate ever. Like what? Right, right. It's just, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Um, we have one other video at uh, Kilo Club Las Vegas. Ab area here at Kilo Club. We've never filmed in this section and we're not even using any of the equipment. Why not? What is wrong with you people? I don't know. This is such a great place. Awesome. So you're going to show some mat work yes. for your core. Yes, core workouts. Okay, yes. awesome. I think I'll start with oblique twists, like okay. Russian oblique twists. You can use a dumbbell, a plate, any type of weight, even like a little medicine, medicine ball. And maybe I'll finish off with like some weighted V-ups. Okay. Target all the abs. So I lift my legs like five to six inches off the floor and I rotate. Target the obliques. Try to keep your chest up, flat core, flat back, and just alternate and dip it down. Lift back up. So it's kind of a total body workout and I'm struggling because of the mics on my hip. <laughs> so as I was saying, I typically pick three ab workouts every minute on the minute rotating. So I would do, for, for instance, oblique twists followed by V-ups followed by hanging leg raises and I would do three rounds of that. So three rounds, three, three workouts, nine minutes. So for hanging leg raises, you could do straight leg, you could do a crunch up, you can even do a side oblique twist. You can alternate. Get crazy with it. Yeah, so I would try to do as many reps as I can in a minute. If I need to take a break, go right back into it to finish out the whole minute. Nice work there, girl. Thanks. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, that was a minute, but that was a minute ago that we recorded that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Um, so you're doing your 75 hard. Do you have a challenge that you're offering your your peeps? Yes, as I well, do. Coming yes. up. Yes. Yes, I have a six week challenge, six week, six week fitness challenge um, on laurendrain.com slash challenge. Uh, basically, males and females, 18 or older, worldwide entry. It's online. You can use my fitness app. 
through the when you sign up right there it actually like gives you the app to download and you can do everything in there you get to post your pictures i'll send you your macros you get to like to view all of your meals it has like video tutorials of the of the meals and you could swap meals in and out as you please you have workout wow. video tutorials it's really really handy and i've seen a lot of the different fitness apps that are out there and i will say it's one of the top tier even my i think mine's even better than my coaches <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's i use it myself they actually it like has guided workouts like if you're listening to your music and it the music will play and then the instructions will go through and you can listen to music at the same time so it's wow it's pretty it's pretty good i like it so. and when does that start so the next challenge starts june 11th Okay. And I usually run them about like every eight or 10 weeks. So it'll go for six weeks long, but right. You can sign up now. The, the spots, you have to secure your spot before it starts. Cause then like a couple days before it starts, it starts usually on a Sunday. You'll get like your grocery list. You'll get like, you know, kind of get a plan of what the workouts will be. So you know how to schedule out your week. So is it limited to how many people? Um, I usually have, spot? sometimes I only have like around like 300 people per challenge because i when i let it creep up to like 700 more it was just a lot of people and it's difficult for me to give everyone one-on-one -on -one attention so yeah i usually limit it to that many people so secure that's why i say sign up secure your spot you don't have to start today it doesn't start till june 11th but yeah it's it's a lot easier that way because i want to give everyone one-on-one -on -one attention i want to be able to know your story and there's messaging in there you can direct message me every day if you want to, a lot of people just wait till like their check-in days. I have check-ins every weekend and then there's cheat meals every weekend too. So mm. yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything else like, um, well, <laughs> podcast studio. <laughs> yeah, we talked, yeah, we talked about the triggered podcast. I mean, you guys can, if you haven't already follow me on Instagram at Lauren drain fit, that's my main page with 4 million. I do fitness. I post some of my mommy and me stuff on there. I post like some of even my other website. I have a, I have an only fans website as well. Okay. Yeah, so if you check out the link in my bio, you'll click and you'll be able to see everything. You'll see like my challenge stuff. You'll see like, um, I, I used to have like my Fit Angel collection was on there, which is one of my fitness brands. I'll be coming out with this restock soon. But then my OnlyFans is my my like my exclusive content that I post okay. on there. It's like hyper sexy. It's kind of like behind the scenes, um, sexy content. So mm -hmm. nice, nice. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks for having me. This yeah. is super fun. You I'm great. glad we finally got to it. I know. I was like, wait, when is this happening? I, I knew if I could get in right when you were doing your show, yeah. then I could piggyback oh, on that. Oh, that's so smart. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. I actually almost forgot about my show today. I, talk, <laughs> I talked all about, because I have my solo shows and a lot of times I'll just like either brainstorm the night before or the day of, uh -huh. you know, because I'm talking to myself. So it's right. not like... I have to do research, but yeah. So I'd actually, my whole show was about fitness stuff, the fitness industry taboos, like some of the, like, like politics involved in the fitness shows and like Ooh. some, you know, so it got a little, it got a little fun. Ooh. Yeah. So I'll post that soon. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Excited to hear what you think. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, darling. Thank you for having this me. Was this great. was fun. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. All right, FitFam. You're going to want to share this with everybody. You want to like it. You want to write a review. And until next time, FitFam, I'm out.